you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. My name is Armin. I am one of the leaders of this church. I was, uh, I was saved back in 1997. So I am, uh, I've been enjoying that relationship with the Lord. It's not... Uh, it's, uh, what am I trying to say? It's not uh, how I expected it to be, but it's much more, and I appreciate it much more than what I thought it was. Amen? Uh, today we're doing week two of our series, Grace Changes Everything. So are you guys ready for the word? Yes. All right. Um, should we pray one more time? Let's pray one more time. Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Father, thank you for, for grace, Father. And Lord, as I, I just take my time and I just uh, allow myself to be used by you, Father, speak through me. Allow your voice to be heard. And I pray, Father, for just an open heart to receive today. May the knowledge of who you are and the knowledge of what your heart is for us be revealed to us and to your people. This I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So week two of grace changes everything. Uh, I think it's just appropriate, just if, since we're doing a series on grace, I think it's just appropriate to begin to really unpackage what grace is. What is grace? I know so if your name is Grace, I know Grace Bastasa is here. Anybody else whose name here is Grace? Any Grace in the house? No, only Grace, Mrs. Bastasa is here. Well, you got a very nice name, Grace. Yeah. Good, uh, good job to your parents. <laughs> so what is grace? Let's begin. So understand, uh, week two is, uh, what I want to do is, I want us to understand what grace is. It's easily been used in the Bible. It's used throughout the Bible. It's used by people say, oh, I'm under grace. Oh, it's by the grace of God. Uh, you know. But what is really grace? What is grace really? So what is grace? If you have a good... Uh, or if you don't have one, if you have a Strong's or a Bind's uh, Bible Dictionary, either one of the two, when you look up the word grace, the very basic meaning of grace means favor. Favor. And when you hear that word, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Favorite. Or how Jokai would say it, favorite. Okay, I don't recommend him. He's a comedian. He's a Filipino comedian out of Hawaii. Be... Uh, be very wary of his language. <laughs> but anyway, he would say it as favorite. What is favorite? You know, that's the first thing that comes to mind when we hear the word favor, favorite. And if you're in a big family and you know and you have experienced what it is to be a favorite child, then good for you. And if you're not the favorite child, I feel sorry for you. Okay? We're a sibling of five. Let me tell you our own family. I'm telling you, oh, where's my sister? I didn't ask permission. I'm asking her now. Okay, <laughs> tell of us. Whereas five of us in the family, five siblings in the family, two girls, three boys. I am the youngest. My sister is the middle, so she's the younger on the female side. But throughout, as we grew up, we, we, we kind of, uh, I guess we got an over uh, sibling rivalry. We, we would talk about who is the favorite among us. So <laughs> my brothers and sisters would always say, for the girls' side, it was Marianne. Marianne was my dad's favorite, my father's favorite, because she was really cute. And she is cute. Until now, she's cute, you know? Yeah, she was my father's favorite. And who was the, who was the favorite among the boys? They said it was me. 
Why? Because I was handsome. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, uh, for what reason? I really don't know, but that's, that's just how it is. Family has their favorites. Now, it is discouraged in the Bible, okay, out of James, to have favoritism. You as a parent should not have favoritism amongst your children, especially if you have a lot of children. But sometimes it happens. And when we are the favorite child, what do we get? We get that preferential treatment, isn't it not? They prepare your food for you. All of that, all that good stuff. And of course, your other sibling is always uh, looking at you with their jealous eyes, isn't it not? And it's true in the Bible. Joseph is an example. Joseph was the favorite child of Jacob of Israel. And because Joseph was the favorite child, he got that coat of many color. He never went out to the field. He was an indoor man. So he, I can imagine him as a porcelain skin. You know, no scratches, no cuts on his hand because he was an indoor man. See, that's the thing, though. When, when, when we look at favor and favoritism, we can easily think then that means grace is also the same way that man favors other men. Well, no. See, man favors other men, or the favoritism towards man is, is, you can always trace it back to something based on the recipient of, of, of the person who is the favorite. For example, at your workplace, I know some of you are the favorite of your employer or your, uh, your supervisor. It's probably because you're what? You're related to them. And this is Guam. Okay, I know that. This is Guam. You can be the favorite employee because you are related to your supervisor. Right? Hey, come on. Uh, we're being honest here. I know that. <laughs> yeah. Or in the other way around is you're such a good worker that you're so reliable on that you become the favorite of your supervisor. And that's a good thing, yeah. right? You, get, you receive favor from your, from your superior. So is that the same way then, that God shows uh, grace to us or shows favor to us? Well, no, not really. So, so that's the thing. So that's why we need to understand grace because we can easily think, oh, so I can receive the favor of God by doing this or just being this, or is it because of this? Amen? So, so let's look at the first appearance of grace in the Bible. The first appearance of grace in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 6, verse 8. And it is in the story of Noah. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So since the basic meaning of grace is favor, so that translates to, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. But who is Noah? And what is, this, what is going on in the story of Noah? In the story of Noah, if you're familiar with it, is the flood. That's the first thing, the flood. So I'll read a little bit of it. So Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, this, or, this is what God was saying. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. It says, uh, it says that, so that the wickedness of man. So did that include Noah? Well, Noah was part of that generation. So that, could that have included Noah? Could Noah have been part of that generation that even in Noah's heart, there was also evil? Okay? But then this is where we see it. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So what, was, what made Noah different 
that Noah found favor or found grace in the eyes of the Lord. If you really look and read the story, you really cannot find any difference in the life of Noah. Okay? So as, as you continue, as I continued looking, uh, looking through the uh, Bible dictionary, it says that, <clears throat> excuse me, it says that <clears throat> when God extends favor to man, it is neither expected or it is undeserved. So since this is the first mention of the word grace, then that means that Noah had nothing in him that deserved the favor of God. Are you with me? So there was really nothing on Noah. It's undeserved. The favor of God, which is, which is grace, is undeserving. So it has nothing to do with who we are. It has nothing to do on what we have. But it's all about who God is. So that's the first thing we got to see. That when we come across the word grace, and when we read our Bible, and when we see and we, we hear the word grace, the first thing we want to understand is, when, great, when God extends his grace to people, it is, has nothing to do with us, but has everything to do with him. That it, in our part, it is undeserving. Amen? Amen? So undeserving favor. So in man's way, we, we extend favoritism. It's really because we, 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 they, they find us cute or handsome or hardworking. It is because there's something in you that's why you become the favorite. But with God, when he extends his favor on you, it really is nothing on you. Another person that we can see is Abraham. Abraham. And why do I say Abraham? Because Abraham, of all the people in the world, God chooses Abraham and God just says, I will bless this man. Now, was Abraham better than all the other men in the world back in his generation? If you read his story, we know that Abraham was one who was, he was cowardly, and, he was, uh, and because he was coward and he was fearing for his life, he would lie. He was not a perfect man. So, but yet God chose him out of all the people in the world. So that's, there you see that when God, uh, when God grants or when God extends his grace on man, it is not deserving of us to receive it, but yet he does it anyway. Amen? And then the next thing, what we got to see about, what, uh, about the grace of God is that it's his sovereign way and it's his sovereign will that he can choose to extend it to anyone that he wants. Amen? And we find this in Exodus chapter 33. It's not in the PowerPoint. So... When Moses was asking, Moses, by the way, is another man that found grace in the eyes of God. He says it in uh, Exodus chapter 33, where he says, For when God told him, For you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. Let's look at Moses again. Was Moses better than any other man during his generation? No. Moses was what? A murderer? Moses was very reluctant as a leader. He, he tells God, Lord, I, I, I cannot speak. I stutter. Pick someone else. But yet, what did God do? It says here, for, I have, or, for you have found grace in my sight. You have found favor in my sight. You're my favorite. You can almost say, I can almost imagine God saying, Moses, among all the Israelites here in Egypt, you are my favorite. Okay, better stop doing that. You have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. But yet, in that same chapter, God tells Moses that I will have, or I will be gracious to whom 
I will be gracious. So the extending of grace or favor to man is dependent on God. And it's his own way and it's on, it's on his own will that he does it. So first, it's not deserving. And now God says, I will do it. I, I decide on whom to extend it to. So it's not, so it, and, and, and another meaning of, of uh, the word grace in Hebrew is it talks about how it is like a gift. It is a gift that comes from the heart. And gifts cannot be paid for. Can you, can you pay for gifts? You're supposed to do. What do you do with a gift? You receive it. So first it's undeserving. And now we see that because it is God who can, in his own sovereign way and will, will extend favor to, to whom, whoever he chooses. Then that means it's also unearned. You cannot earn the favor of God. We, first it's undeserving. Now we cannot earn the favor of God. And that's what he says, I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. In fact, in this same chapter of Genesis or Exodus chapter 33, when Moses asked God, Lord, show me who you are, God gives him this description of who he, who he is uh, coming out of uh, Exodus 34 verse 6. God proclaimed before Moses that the Lord, the Lord, merciful and gracious. Our God is a gracious God. So what does that mean? That means he is full of favor to extend out to. Isn't that amazing? He is full of favor to extend out to. He is full of grace. Uh, you will find that in, first, in the book of John. That, uh, we'll talk about that later. That because God is a gracious God, the one that was begotten by God is also full of grace. Jesus, he was just full of grace. So that word grace Gracious, the favor of God. So far we know it's undeserving for us to, who receives it. It cannot be earned. And now it says here that God is full of grace. He is gracious. And, and I, I want to show you this. This is so beautiful in the meaning in, in its Hebrew root word. The root word for gracious or grace is the word chanan. Okay, chanan. It's not chalan. I know we say chalan pago. No, it's chanan. Kanan, chanan. And this is how it looks like in Numbers chapter 6. This is, this is a familiar verse to us, Numbers chapter 6. This is called the priestly prayer. This is a prayer that God told Moses to tell Aaron that whenever you dismiss the congregation, this is how you pray for the congregation. You've heard this before. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. And be gracious to you. The word be gracious to you. Okay? It's from the root word chanan. And this is what it means. It's so beautiful. The word chanan means this. It's when you stoop down or you kneel in kindness. That's what it means. That's grace. That's the paper. But it is done by a superior towards an inferior. So reading uh, Numbers chapter 6, what it's saying is, and Yahweh, the God of the universe, the God who created you and I, when, when God said to tell Moses, this is how you release the congregation, and God be gracious to you, then Yahweh will kneel before you in kindness. That was the heart of God towards the people, that every time you release, remember to pray this towards them, that I will kneel to present kindness to my people. See, the superior was the one who would kneel down towards the inferior. In man's way, it's always the opposite. 
It's always the inferior who honors the superior, isn't it not? And that's why we have delegates. That's why, uh, rightly so, we call our pastor Reverend, Pastor, or Reverend, Reverend Mark Benabenti. Correct, Pastor Mark? Yes, uh, Taylor. <laughs> yes, because it's really it's a sign of honor, okay? It's a sign of honor. Uh, Taylor, we always call him Taylor, but Pastor Taylor would, uh, would always say, no, 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 it's not Reverend. It's most Reverend Taylor Stewart. <laughs> he does it jokingly, okay? But that's the point. People who are superior, it's in, in man's way, it's always the inferior person that kneels in honor of the superior. But in God's favor, it's that, this is coming from the Hebrew word itself. That shanan is when the superior being kneels down in kindness before one who is inferior. I mean, it, that is the grace of God. That is the favor of God. And then when he said that I am gracious, that's what he means. I am full of this. This is my heart for my people. That I will always allow myself to be lowered. And we see this in who? In Jesus. We see this on Christ. Why? Because Jesus will not do anything unless he saw the Father do. He would not say anything unless he heard the Father say. So in Philippians, that's what he said. Jesus, who being, or Jesus Christ, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond sermon and coming in the likeness of man. The superior, the one who is God, kneeled down and took the identity of a bondservant. Amen? God is gracious. He is so full of grace. Amen? Amen. Yes, amen. And a good example of this is, is here in the book of Ruth. Uh, the book of Ruth. Uh, Ruth was the daughter of... Uh, um, the daughter-in-law of Naomi, not Naomi, uh, Band and Naomi, but uh, Naomi in the Bible. But Ruth was a Moabite. She was not supposed to be accepted within the Israelites. She was a foreigner. There is nothing in her character. There is nothing on her race. Being a Moabite, she is really supposed to be rejected by Israel. But when she came to Israel, being the uh, uh, because uh, Naomi's two sons had passed away and she survived. She's now with her mother-in-law. They went back to Israel. And now she's gleaning on the pills of Boaz. Boaz, who is a type of Christ. And, and of course, Boaz saw her being a beautiful woman. And it says that Boaz found, uh, found her beautiful. And it says that she found grace in the eyes of Boaz. And that's what she said. Why have I found favor in your eyes? that she should take notice of me, since I am a foreigner. Boaz saw this woman who was a foreigner. There's nothing in her. Her very, her very race should have said, no, you cannot be accepted. There should be no favor in you. And really, uh, this story of Ruth is really the story of all of us. There's really nothing in us that deserves the favor of God. Really nothing. Amen. So, so far we know that since grace is a favor where we found out that it's undeserved, it's unearned. Now let's go to the next verse. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. And here, here it is all three together. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Now, 
I know the passage is talking about grace, salvation, and faith. But I want you to focus on grace and, salva or, uh, grace and salvation. It says that our salvation is by grace. So far, we know that grace means the favor of God. It means the undeserving favor of God. It means the unearned favor of God. So our, our salvation came because of God's favor. So yes, it's talking about salvation, but since salvation is by grace, so it, it also refers to grace itself. And grace is not of yourself. We have already established that. Noah, Abraham, Moses, all of them, the favor of God was on them, not because of who they are. Then next thing it says, it is a gift of God. And that's what God said, I, I can extend grace to whom I choose to extend it. And then now it says, it's not a works, lest anyone should boast. So now you cannot even merit it. It cannot be added to your good things that you have done. And we were talking about this in the um, uh, purple book earlier. If salvation can be attained by, God, by, by us, if, 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 for example, if God were to say, okay, I will save you if you climb Mount Everest. How many people have climbed Mount Everest so far? I do not know. But that already takes out a lot of us. You need finances to get to Nepal. You need to be physically fit to be able to climb Mount Everest. So if salvation was done or is, is through an effort that can be attained by man, then very few would attain it. What if God were to say, okay, you want to be saved? Then go down to the, the deepest part of the ocean, which is the Marianas Trench. How many people have been there? Three, four, five? I don't know. I think less than 10 people. So heaven would be so quiet. It's only 10 people. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, if it really is by works, and it's, it's easily attainable by people, heaven would be so noisy. You know why? Because people would always be boasting of what they did for God. Oh, did you know what I did to get my salvation? Oh, I gave this much. Oh, I did this. That's all you'll be hearing in heaven because everybody would be boasting that, oh, I've done this and that's why I'm here. But yet, it's not. It's not by works. It's not of ourself. It is a gift of God. So therefore, if that's what salvation is, so it also refers to grace. So the conclusion then is, grace then is this. Go ahead. Grace is the undeserved the unearned, and the unmerited favor of God. That's what it is. There's nothing in us that, we, that, that gets it, not because we're born of a, of a good race, not because we're, 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 our color of skin is this, not because of the language that we speak. It is a gift. We cannot pay for it. And then, of course, we cannot work for it. Now, it might seem like then, how in the world then can I get the favor of God? That now is the great question. Then how then can we get the favor of God? Actually, we already talked about it. It's by faith. It's by faith. Since, and I mentioned earlier, so anyway, I'm sorry. I, I mentioned earlier that God is, uh, that God is gracious, that, that, heart, that his heart for us is to extend that grace. And church, and, and that happened through who? To Jesus Christ himself, coming, uh, reading out of 1 John, or John itself, and we know this, and the word became flesh and dwelled among us, and we beheld his glory, 
the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Father is full of grace, so therefore, Jesus is full of grace. The same heart that God has for us, that to, to kneel down and extend his favor to us, is, is what we find in Jesus. And then it goes on to further say that for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. That's how it is. He came through Jesus Christ. So church, then how then can we partake of this favor from God? How then can we say that when we have grace, this is what changes everything? Church, it's really, as like what I said, we've already kind of touched it. It's by faith. It's by faith. It's really about believing that he is that good towards us. And we already talked about it. He is one that will kneel down before, before us. Amen? So to show, you, to show you this, let's read our text for today. It's coming out of Luke chapter 7, verse 36 to 50. And we would end with this. And I want you to look. Since grace is the unearned, the undeserved, and the unmerited favor of God, I want you to look as we read this story Look at the characters of this story and look how God extended his favor towards someone who is not deserving, who can never earn it, and who can never merit it in their life. Amen? So coming out of Luke chapter 7, verse 36 to 39, it says, Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him, weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisee who had been invited saw this, he spoke to himself saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, Teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, You have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she had washed my feet with her tears and wiped them in the head of, with the hair of her head. 45. You gave me no kiss. But this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sin? Then he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Two characters in this passage. The woman, or really three. The woman, the Pharisee, and Jesus. But I want you to, did you see it? 
The woman was identified as a sinner by the Pharisees and also the writer of, of, the, of the gospel. So it was so obvious that this woman has a reputation in the community. Amen? She was identified by the Pharisee. So she said that she, it says that she was a sinner. So being a sinner, was there anything in her that could have, could, that, that would have, what do you call this? Would have qualified her to receive the favor of God? No. Her lifestyle? No. Now you can easily think, oh, but didn't she anoint Jesus with, with, the, with the oil and that's why Jesus forgave her? Well, no, it clearly says that your faith has saved you. The reason why Jesus uh, uh, said the parable was to, to, uh, to, for us to see that, that love is a result of receiving grace from God. All right? That is the result when we receive grace from God. When we receive the favor of God, the result of that is really us loving back God. And that's what this is. And that's what, and that's what uh, I want to end with that. The church, because the grace of God, the favor of God... It's undeserving. No one is deserving to receive it. It cannot be earned. It's a gift. You cannot work for it. You cannot merit it. So that in the same way that that in itself, then how do you qualify for it? Really, there is no way to qualify for it. Nobody is qualified for it. And because nobody is qualified to receive it, then that means everybody can qualify to receive it. Does it make sense? Amen? Because you cannot gain it, then therefore everybody is qualified to gain it because it's all about God. And we gain it, of course, through Jesus himself. See, uh, we're singing that song, I am, a ch I am a child of God. When you receive Jesus Christ into your heart, what you become, your identity become the child of God. You are now a child of God. You were, you were buried in him, in his or you, you died in him in crucifixion. You were buried in him, but when you were risen back up, when he rose back, your, your new identity now is a child of God. The very person that is full of grace from the Father lives within us. So that makes us really one who is highly favored. You probably heard me say this. My wife's claim of faith is always that she is Jesus' favorite. She always says that, you know, for those of you that's close to her and knows her, she would always say that I am Jesus' favorite. What qualifies her to be the favorite of Christ? Faith. That's why my declaration of faith is, uh, listen to this. If you married the favorite child of a family, that means you also get the same preferential treatment as the favorite child of family, Correct? So therefore, if I married the Jesus' favorite, then that means I must be highly favored by God because I got the favorite child of God. Isn't it? <laughs> I, I, I'm not joking about it. Uh, no, church, I want you to see it in faith. I want you to see it with, with the eyes of faith. That's, that's our standing in Christ. Because we are in Christ, we, have, we can walk in that same favor of God, in the high favor of God. And that's why the promise of Deuteronomy says that everything you touch would be successful because you are walking in the high favor of God. You did not earn it. You did not deserve it. You did not merit it. It was all because of Christ. That's why when you receive Christ, all of that, we, we were just seeing it earlier. 
We're just saying it in the child of God. All the inheritance of heaven is in Christ. And we are living in Christ. So therefore, all the inheritance of heaven is in us. Father, open our eyes to see and let us see in faith, Father. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Father, thank you for this. Let's pray. Father, open our eyes to see, O Lord. Open the eyes of our open our hearts to receive faith, Father. That when we receive this grace from God, this is the grace that can change our life. It tells us in Titus that the very favor of God, the grace of God is what teaches us to say to ungodliness. It gives us the empowerment to say no to the ungodly things of this world, Father. So Lord, I just pray for us now. Let's just take a few moments and just... Uh, yeah. You want to sing that child about again? Okay. Let's end with... Let's end with that song again, A Child of God, and then I'll ask Elmer to dismiss us. Church, if you are a child of God, then that means the same favor that falls on Jesus falls on you. And that is the only thing that qualifies us for the grace of God. And that's what it means, church, when you hear the word, I am not under the law, but I am under the grace of God. It means that the sovereign favor of God is on you. That's what it means. To be under grace means that everything that happens in my life is under the favor of God. But we got to learn how to allow it to flow in our lives. And that happens through faith. And that happens by allowing us to trust that He can do a better job than we can. What stops the flow of the favor of God in our lives is really our own self-effort of trying to do it on our own because she cannot earn it. You cannot deserve it. You cannot work for it. So therefore, what you do is you allow your hearts to rest and say, Jesus, you can do it. It's only by you. So Lord, thank you. I pray that our hearts are open today, yes. that we receive from you. In Jesus' name.